Happy Easter. Easter is the 50-day season in which sincere Christians try to open themselves to the grace we know from experience God offers us in this season. It's the grace of the renewal of salvation, which is brought to this world in Jesus' resurrection and has been breathed into every one of us from the moment we were baptized. If you were baptized a month ago or if you were baptized 85 years ago, you had the full power of salvation breathed into you. We live in a free, fallen, sinful world, so all of us hopefully seek the renewal of that grace. And this season, somehow, really, that renewal is most powerfully alive. At this point in the Easter season, day by day and Sunday by Sunday, we hear in the gospel readings things that Jesus said and did before his death and resurrection that only begin to fully make sense after his resurrection. If you take the gospel passage, it's only about four and a half verses that we just heard, and if you connect with it this week and connect it hopefully to your life, I think you can be confident that you're cooperating with the grace of this season. So in those brief four and a half verses, two big truths jump out to me that only make sense in the light of the resurrection and make a complete difference in the way we can live our lives right now in 2022. So two great truths that jump out to me, two enormous truths. In that passage, which is set at the Last Supper, so this is John 13, at the Last Supper, Jesus says to his disciples, children, I will only be with you a little while longer. So when you first read that, when I first read it, that makes complete sense. After the Last Supper, Jesus is arrested. The next day, he's killed. He's only going to be with his disciples for fewer than 24 hours. It becomes that expression, only a little while longer, jumps out more when I read John 7. Six months before his passion and death, Jesus uses the exact same words, I will be with you only a little while longer. Fewer than 24 hours and six months are really quite different periods of time. Then this really becomes interesting when I realize that in the Old Testament, that expression, only a little while longer, just a little while longer, is used repeatedly by the prophets to express the period of time between when they're speaking and when salvation will come to this world from God. The prophets, particularly Isaiah and Jeremiah, who use that expression, it's almost 800 years before salvation comes to the world in Jesus. So the same expression, just a little while longer. It clearly is not referring to chronological time, hours or months or even hundreds of years. So the question is, why does Jesus use that expression? What is he really talking about? Here's part of what I believe he's talking about. When Jesus rises from the dead and brings salvation to this world, whatever period of time on this planet exists before that, whether it's hours, months, or centuries, that period of time is nothing, or it's just a little, I should say, compared to what Jesus brings when he brings salvation. When Jesus brings salvation to this world, 
he brings eternal life back to fallen humanity. I know you know this, but it's easy to forget this. From the fall of humanity until the moment that Jesus rises from the dead, the gates of heaven, the doors of heaven are closed. Life is not eternal for human beings. When Jesus rises from the dead and he breathes that reality into us, he opens the doors of eternal life to every one of us. Whatever period of time exists on this planet before that happens is just a little while in comparison to eternal life. So you sit here and you say, I get it, priest. Whatever period of time exists on this planet is just a little bit compared to eternal life. What is the big deal? The big deal is we can spend a lot of our time asking the question, how much longer, particularly when life is hard, how much longer am I going to suffer cancer? How much longer am I going to experience the pain of rejection? How much longer am I going to experience the sorrow from the death of the person I love so much? How much longer am I going to experience abuse? How much longer am I going to suffer from economic poverty? How much longer am I going to live in this society that is in so many ways unraveling? That is a very good question. And the answer from Jesus Christ, your savior and mine, is just a little longer. Whatever period of time we experience, the best of life and the hardships of life, it's just a little while in comparison to the eternal life he's already breathed into us. So this does not make life easy, but it completely changes my perspective on life and how I choose to live today. Once I am alive in this truth, once I feel that eternal life has already been breathed into me, it completely changes the experience of whatever the worst is right now. Stay with me. This leads to enormous truth number two in that passage. The very same passage, Jesus gives his disciples one final commandment. I hope you, I know you know this. His final commandment is, love one another as I have loved you. Not love one another your version of love or anyone else's version of love. If you are my disciple, love one another as I have loved you. Many of us were plunged back into this truth when we celebrated the Easter Triduum. It's only in Jesus's passion and death that it's fully revealed what his love is. His love is selfless, humble, outpouring, sacrificial, complete giving love for the worst sinner on the planet, which would be me. Once I get that, and once I understand that that love is what destroys sin and death, he really rises from the dead, and that that love has been breathed into me, my job each day is to open my eyes to the needs of other people, to get into those needs, and to live that love. When I am asking how much longer am I going to suffer X, Y, and Z, how much longer are we going to suffer X, Y, and Z, the complete answer from that passage is just a little while longer and love one another as I have loved you. 
both. Don't just sit around with this perspective on time. Get to work right now living that love. At least in my life, when I am most pulled down by the things that are bad or hard, I am not living love very actively. Once I get living love very actively, there's a lot of loving that needs to be done around here. And time begins to move much more quickly when I put it into practice. So I invite you to consider that this week with whatever the how much longer question is in your life right now. Hear Jesus respond just a little while longer. Love one another as I have loved you. I would like to connect this in conclusion to a, an experience that all of us are having in this country in Easter 2022, which is, sorry, I have so much pollen in my head. Or it could be old age. At Easter 2022, unfortunately, one of the how much longer questions that we're mostly experiencing is the response in this country to the possibility that the Supreme Court may overturn the Roe v. Wade decision just in these active weeks. In this community, people of all ages, including many young people, have said to me in recent weeks, what is going on? The response of some people in this country, the fury, the violent anger at the possibility that somewhere in this country, people may be free to not allow abortion is met with rage by people who are really devoted to abortion. So I'm just focused on the response. It's like the latest wave of violent anger in this country. What is going on and how much longer will we experience this? There are people who are so devoted to abortion that the response to this possibility, like they are putting down their Chardonnay and they are taking to the streets, the idea that anywhere, someplace in this country, adults would be free to say, we will not allow the killing of unborn children, like this is it, put aside everything and get out on the streets. Mother Teresa, who is now a saint, has been declared a saint, spoke prophetically about this to this country decades ago. I'm paraphrasing. She, when I was a young person, this really grabbed me. She was, to me, the most credible Catholic on the planet. And when she was in this country, she spoke continually about abortion, which really grabbed my attention. She said that, paraphrasing again, any country that allows the killing of innocent children will always be violent. If you say it's okay to do violence to the ultimately innocent life, you are a violent society. What a surprise. We're experiencing violent anger. She said that when you say that abortion is not wrong, Nothing is wrong. If it's not wrong to end the life of an innocent child, nothing is wrong. Anything goes. 
What a surprise. These days, anything goes. She said that when a child, when an abortion takes place, there are two killings. The killing of a child and the killing of a conscience, the people who are involved in abortion. When I look particularly at Catholic leaders, Catholic elected officials particularly, who say, I'm a devout Catholic and I'm in favor of abortion, well, that's ridiculous. No one, including me, can say something like that. If you are a devout Catholic, you must oppose abortion. I wonder if their consciences have not been killed. Maybe they're just lying politicians, with all due respect to politicians. Or maybe their consciences truly have been killed because they've been so involved in this. So what I encourage you to consider is the truth. The truth is science. The truth is life, we can even see it directly in our generation, begins at conception and it ends at natural death, whenever that takes place. I invite you to consider the truth of Jesus Christ, that every life from conception until natural death has infinite dignity. It must be respected, it must be protected. I invite you to consider the truth of Lawrence, Massachusetts, the most defending of human life community in which I've ever lived is the church in Lawrence, Massachusetts. In this city where we have four times the teen birth rate of the state average, we by and large do not kill our children. Sometimes I meet people from outside Lawrence who it becomes clear to me really look down on us because of our teen birth rate. As someone who is trying to work day by day to change that teen birth rate and get it to zero, I also have enormous respect for the fact that by and large, we do not kill our children. When they are conceived, they're protected, they're nourished, and they're born. In this community, when children are born, they are fed and they are cared for. The reason you and I serve 250,000 meals a year across the street is explicitly because of the dignity of every human life. Whether I like or dislike anybody any day who's eating at Cor Unum, the only reason it exists is because of the infinite dignity of every hungry person in this city. The reason that our community is providing the single best education to most children in the city, available to most children in this city at Lawrence Catholic Academy, is because we respect the infinite dignity of every human life, including age three human life. And John Driscoll, if you haven't gotten this by now, I don't like you at all. I don't like you one little bit, but I love you. I acknowledge, I respect, and I will work for the dignity of your human life. Carl, I like you a lot. John, you're despicable, but I love you. So in this country, with this craziness and this violent anger about the possibility of any restriction on abortion, how much longer is this going to go on? Just a little while longer. 
love one another as I have loved you. Thank you for listening. To learn more and to get involved, go to stpatrickparish.com.